Whenever I think about prison ministry, I think about Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is talking. Mm -hmm. I was in prison, and you came to me. Mm -hmm. To the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And, I, you know, we think about uh, those who are behind bars and and the ministries that have been reaching out in county jails and prisons all across this country. That's near and dear to the heart of Jesus, and whatever's near and dear to the heart of Jesus is near and dear to the heart of us. Colossians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul wrote this, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. And then he says this, remember my chains. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a story we wanted to share with you. Jesse Weiss was 21 years old. He robbed a bank at gunpoint. And he went to prison for this. But the Lord found him there. He's now with Prison Fellowship Ministries. He's Vice President of Program Design and Evaluation, and he is with us this morning. Hi, Jesse. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Kurt and Kate. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you. We have to share your story. Yeah. There is so much to this, but it's filled with, well, it's filled with the gospel. It's filled with redemption. So you're 21 years old, and you robbed a bank. Tell us what happened. Share your story with us. Yes, you know, I, I like to say I grew up in Christian suburbia, and um, and so if you look, you know, when I the way I grew up, it, it's not, not a lot different than and perhaps many of your listeners this morning. I grew up in private Christian schools and a Christian household. Um, was the fastest at sword drills, um, you know, uh, going to youth group, um, and all of those things that we kind of check the boxes off um, as we're kind of growing up um, in in the in, in the Christian America here. Uh, but by the time I was 18, 19 years old, I really began to wrestle with, you know, kind of the existential whys of this world, as many to, as many 18 to 25-year-olds do, um, and really wrestled with, you know, what is purpose in life? What am I doing here? Is there really a God? Um, and ultimately, just really began to rebel against the God of my parents. Um, but in the process of that rebellion, um, you know, really began to try to really make sense of this you know, what I envisioned, a spinning globe um, that was full of chaos and really had no order. Um, and I really internalized that process. And so by the time I was um, 20, 20 years old, I, I was suicidal um, and really just trying to find purpose um, and motivation for, for living. And, you know, I, I didn't find it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at that time in my life. And I, I continue to just take that existential angst um, and propel it outward. You know, ultimately, um, you know, we do what we believe. And in my belief system, um, was not grounded in anything other than myself. And so, you know, ultimately, I became a hedonist and a nihilist um, and found myself really just wanting to pursue what I felt um, was best for me at the time. And that, of course, required funds. And as a 21-year-old man, um, you know, I had limited of those. And so, you know, the irrationality is, is what I call it, um, led me to rob a bank, um, as ultimately I don't think crime is rational. So, so there's, um, so I found myself, um, kind of entering the criminal justice system at the age of 21. 
Let's pick up where we left off, Jesse. Here you are. You grew up in a uh, Christian home, but wandered away big time and dealt with a lot of stuff. Ended up robbing a bank at gunpoint. You were sentenced to, it was 15 years, right? Yeah, that's right, Kurt. I was sentenced to 15 years in the state of Iowa. And, you know, I can remember, you know, going into the prison system, never being in the prison system before. Um, and, but, you know, the prison system really didn't change me at all. I don't know if, you know, anybody's kind of seen the outside of a prison. The prison aesthetic is not very welcoming. Um, but ultimately, I felt like it was just a representation of my inward condition, you know, much like the prodigal son who found himself in the in the pigsty, yeah. um, which was really just, you know, a representation of his inward condition. And so for me, yeah. I'd already been in prison for a very long time. Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I, I found myself, um, I, w- I wouldn't say comfortable there, but, but not surprised to be there. Um, you know, and I, I can remember, you know, after being arrested, I was in the police car and the police officer drove me back by the bank and asked me, you know, does this look familiar to you? And I just responded, yes. And I said, how much time do you think I'll do in prison? And he said, well, I don't know, perhaps five years. And I remember responding, well, I've never been to prison before. And so that that was my response going into the prison system. And, you know, we talk, we talk a lot about scared straight programs mm-hmm. and, you know, sure. kind of, you know, the fear of um, changing human behavior. Um, and for me, at least, you know, that certainly did not work. And I, I just found myself meandering kind of through the prison system, again, just kind of letting life happen to me um, versus me being any kind of proactive um, force. So that, that, and that happened really early on in, in, my, in the, my prison experience for about the first two years. I really just meandered yeah. uh, through the prison. How did you survive that environment from the very beginning? Because you mentioned scared straight. Anybody who has seen any of that stuff, that is that is frightening. Were you intimidated by that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think I think prison is very intimidating. I mean, prison is very um, dangerous at times. It is a completely different has a completely different set of norms and rules. Hmm. Um, ways that you live. It's a completely separate culture. And so if, if you have to learn to acclimate um, in order to be what I call being successful in prison. Um, but to be honest, you know, the norms that you learn and you pick up in prison are, are not norms that I encourage people to bring outside of prison. They're not going to help you get a job. They're not going to help you uh, move forward in your life. And so just just for example, some of those norms are you don't look people in the eye unless you know them. You don't talk to people unless you know them. You don't shake hands. You don't speak to people in authority. Um, and so all of these types of things, you don't use first names. Um, all of those types of norms, you know, you wouldn't take with you on the outside and encourage people to live by in order for them to achieve success. Let's talk about the turning point for you. I mean, prison bars can uh, keep uh, inmates in, but prison bars cannot keep God out. When was you that moment? When was that come to Jesus moment for you? Yeah, I mean, this is the best part of the story. There's, you know, I, as I said, I was kind of meandering through the prison system, and I, I was in a prison, and it had it was a new prison that had just been built, but it was built on an old landfill, so parts of the buildings were stinking, and it was also known as a gladiator camp, which is in essence, 
you know, it was a prison where everybody was 25 years old and younger, uh, which doesn't seem like a great idea. Um, but, you know, lot, lots of kind of cops and robbers games and some violence in that facility. And so I was just looking to get out and I heard about a prison fellowship program called the Academy. And I, I had no motivation to actually join the program. I just wanted to get out of the prison that I was in. Um, and so, you know, ultimately the Lord finds us where we're at, even in our own selfish motives, um, the Lord uses those things. So I found myself being transferred and, and, and transferring to this other prison. And this other prison was the exact same style and build as the prison I was in. So literally you could be inside and you wouldn't know which prison you were in. But when I walked into this new prison, I remember seeing there was a, a, some green grass growing. And I had not seen green grass in several, several years. And it wow. just struck me, the color contrast, that there was something living and organic here. I couldn't articulate it at the time, but it was an impression that I had when I walked in. And, you know, there are very few hands reaching up to help help you when you're incarcerated. And I was fortunate to find several through this program. And so I walked into this program, into the Prison Fellowship Academy, and I had a counselor there. His name was Dan, and him and I just began to have a conversation. And he would say things like, you know, when I pray, I get on my knees and I pray. And I would watch him do this, and I was just struck by his authenticity and his genuineness. And I, I had, you know, as, as many young believers, you know, who are many young people who kind of grow up in the Christian faith, I think that they can, you know, they see the hypocrisy and all the young mm -hmm. people want to point out the hypocrisy until they get opened up and realize they can point the finger at themselves. But, sure. you know, and so, but I just saw this, the, the authenticity and the genuineness here, and I was struck by it and just began to have dialogue, you know, with my um, program counselor there. And ultimately, it led me to the de to the decision that, yes, there is a God, and it's not me. Mm -hmm. And and so based on that, I really began to say, okay, well, what kind of God is there? Does he really care about me? What, what, what are my responsibilities? And it really just led me down a path. And eventually, you know, I mean, the Lord, the Lord had me through, through some wrestling matches, um, but certainly... Um, I was, I was moving down a completely different path than I had been before. I spent the majority of my time incarcerated from, from that point on, um, trying to grow in my faith, but then certainly trying to help other people and to be an agent of change instead of someone who's just taking away. That's wonderful. So, yeah. you know, it was a process for you, but, uh, you received the Lord and you walked with him. Uh, how many years were you in prison also walking with Jesus? So I was incarcerated about eight years total, and I would say probably about six years of my incarceration time I was I was on that uh, was on that journey with with the Lord and um, certainly continue on that journey today. Well, that's great. And obviously, the Lord has done amazing things. Here you are, a vice president with Prison Fellowship. Uh, it just makes me smile because God's ways are truly amazing. Yeah. This is something, obviously, you never planned for your life. That is true, although I, I would argue I'm not sure I ever had a plan for my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, other than these kind of pipe dreams that, like, everybody has when they're young. But I, you know... I, when I walked out of prison, I walked out with the understanding something had been implanted in me that was true. And that, and that fundamental truth was that I, I mattered and I had value. 
And so I, I think that ultimately, Prison Fellowship, everything that we do is predicated on the belief that people have value, and that value comes from the Imago Dei, right? The image of God mm. is imprinted on every, every human being. And, you know, ultimately, because everybody has value, everybody can change because the power of God is that big. Mm. And so that's why we are in prisons across this country. That's why we, we do what we do. It's based on that fundamental biblical premise. And then ultimately, you know, we, we believe that changed people change people. I mean, we all know that personally. And then, and then even one more step further is that change people change history. Um, and even in our even in our founder Chuck Colson's story, right? Um, you know, Prison Fellowship has been in existence for almost forty five years, um, but his story emulates that, and also you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, who have been to prison have experienced the power of the gospel, um, either through Prison Fellowship or through other ministries. Um, they continue to emulate that belief, and so. You know, as I walked out, I had that belief. And so I said, you know, well, I want to live up to my potential. Mm. You know, I don't want to be in prison anymore. I want to live up to my potential. So I walked out of prison with that motivation. And so that ultimately led me to say, I want to be an attorney. I want to be a lawyer. Um, it took me about 10 years to fight the, the state of Virginia to do that. Um, but ultimately, I did prevail um, through going up to the Virginia Supreme Court. But but it's just a testimony, I think, to the power of hope, and that is ultimately what the gospel does. Is it, imprint, it, it places hope in people and then motivates them to pursue that hope, um, which is all the good works that uh, the Lord has prepared for them. So Amen. that I, I just love to share that um, as a premise for the work that Prison Fellowship does. Hey, we just got a call from William who's joining us from Fort Myers. I want to include William in this conversation. Hi, William. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. great, man. All right. Share your story. Okay. Uh, at the age of 19, I got an armed robbery charge, a strong armed robbery. And I was sentenced to 15 years in prison. And, um, you know, for a long time, I thought I had been arrested. But then I found out later after uh, realizing that, what I found in prison that I wasn't arrested. I was rescued and I was rescued from me. And, um, I went to prison for that time. And I, you know, I kind of like got in and out, in and out, you know, fumbling around, uh, being me and thinking that, you know, when I first got to prison, um, prison Christianity isn't real. You know, everybody play it until, you know, they get ready to, um, get out. And once they get out, they go back to them old selves. And, and I was just thinking that, and I ended up going to prison four times. And the last time I was there, there's a bishop come from Sarasota and he brought in a crusade team and I received Christ and in my life then, and I received Christ, but I wasn't serious. You know, I, I mean, I was serious about receiving him, but I wasn't serious about following him. I was, I started to dip and dab, but then as I got, when I got out and I, you know, started going to church and started, you know, um, you know, Christianity to me is like a refrigerator. You could only get out what you put in, you know? And so, um, I started putting out more, you know, I started putting in more than, you know, I normally did. And I got serious about it. And so, uh, between then and now, 
fast forwarding some, I've um, I was a part of a Kairos team. We used to go to um, to the, do the Kairos for the weekend, and uh, with the prison inmates, uh, I did street ministry for about three four years, um, going up on the streets. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do because I found you know in in prison, you know I find a lot of guys that say, you know, oh, when I get out of prison, I'm not going back to the city I'm from. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else, and I'm going to start new, and I'm going to start fresh. But I, for whatever reason, I wanted to go back to the same city I fell in, uh, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, just, I, I fell, you know, here in Fort Myers. I want to go back in Fort Myers, and I want to get up. You know, I want to get up where I fell. Yeah. And, and as I did, and, and, and people that, when I did street ministry, you know, people that I actually, you know, did drugs with. I, I've been on crack cocaine. I've been, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the same people I used to get high with and drink with and party with, they see, you know, the real difference. You know, they, they, they watch. You know, they, they don't just oh, yeah. always. They watch. You know, when you say you're a Christian and you had a, any type of negative life behind you, they watch you. Yeah. And so when they watch and they see and they see that it's real, now they want it. You know, well, wow. so that's great. When they want it, you know, that's that's a plus because God has done mm-hmm. in my life. They they look and see. Oh well, I know if God uh, saved him, he can save me, and that's true. William, that's fantastic, and uh, William is uh, is now a pastor as well. Hey Jesse, I know we have to let you go, but you love hearing those stories, yeah. don't you? We love it. Oh, most definitely, and there are. Thousands and thousands, if not millions, of stories like that. I, I think that it's really important to highlight William and, 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 you know, the journey that he's been on and the journey that the Lord takes each of us on. Um, and I think that, you know, here at Prison Fellowship, as we continue to work on not just individual change, but working on changing the entire prison system um, so that we can really see the thriving, um, the human flourishing, like what William is, what, is sharing with us. I mean, currently... The success metric of the prison system is a failure rate called recidivism. And so we just measure, um, you know, whether our prison system is performing um, by the rate of failure, and um, which is, in essence, the rate of return that people go back into the criminal mm-hmm. justice system. And yeah. ultimately, we want to see human flourishing and human thriving. Uh, we don't want to see people just not return to prison because ultimately someone can live underneath the bridge for the rest of their life and be counted as a success. But as the church, we really want to see people thrive and achieve their God-given potential. You know, and I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it the best when he says, whether the role of the church is it just to bind up the victim or the broken, or is it to stick a spoke in the wheel of injustice itself? And uh, here at Prison Fellowship, we certainly want to stick a spoke in that wheel. Invite anybody to join us by visiting us at prisonfellowship.org. Prisonfellowship.org. Jesse, thank you so much for being with us this morning. It's been enlightening, inspirational, encouraging, and uh, it's been gospel-centered, Jesus-centered. That's the best kind of conversation in my book. Yes, thank you so much. And William, if you're still listening, keep pressing forward, farther up and further in, brother.